Hello, everyone, and welcome to this special edition of Employment Matters brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm your host, Pete Waltz. For those regular listeners of Employment Matters, you know we span the globe with updates on critical information from ELA members in each region. For those new listeners joining us today, we're glad you're here and look forward to introducing you to our colleagues around the world. Today's also a special day. It's Tuesday, and in Employment Matters podcast speak, it's Travel Tuesday, where each week we get the chance to dial in our members from around the world to share with us the important things we need to know about doing business in their jurisdiction. Joining us on Travel Tuesday is my new co-host, Steve Hirschfeld, the one and only CEO and founder of ELA, also the managing partner of Hirschfeld Kramer, our ELA member in California. Steve, we've talked about this for a while now. I'm so glad you're going to join us as a co-host for this. Welcome, my friend. How are you today? I'm great, Pete. Yeah, I'm really excited to do this. I think the the chance to have me and everyone else around the world sort of give folks a little bit of perspective in these podcasts for what's sort of unique about our own jurisdiction is really kind of add a new flavor to what our Global Employer Handbook does. So for those folks that are looking to open up operations, for example, in California, I'd love to give them a little bit of taste for what it's like to do business out here. Every week, folks, we're going to alternate. Steve's going to interview some of our members. I'm going to interview some. So tune in. Every Tuesday, you're going to get a new dose of this. Steve, are you ready to go? Let's get rolling. Okay, Pete. Fire away. So let's start out with California. Obviously, that's where you are. It was jurisdiction one in the ELA. And a number of our members know about the ELA, but maybe you could just give us a quick snapshot of how this whole ELA idea started. Well, I think all you have to look is California and realize how tied we are with the rest of the world. There is no company out here that is not multi-jurisdictional, meaning they do work in other parts of the country or overseas. And I quickly realized, this is uh, more than 20 years ago now, that if I was going to be able to effectively provide my clients here in California with employment labor law services, I had to have the ability to connect them, to have them be assisted by legal experts from all over the globe. And so my thinking was, there must be folks like me that are entrepreneurial, that are obsessed with quality service and also love what they do that wanted to be able to link together in a network to assist entrepreneurs and businesses around the world as they had legal issues. That was sort of the kernel of the idea as to where it started. And so, Steve, let's talk about California specifically. So now we're going to jump into this whole doing business in scenario. A lot of our listeners, we've got thousands and thousands of them around the world, are always looking at ways to do business in other jurisdictions. And, you know, the United States is such a unique jurisdiction. But California being such a major driver for business in the U.S. and around the world, give us just a general overview of the economy, the population, some of the key industries and so forth about California. Well, let's put it this way. If we were a standalone country, I think we'd be the fifth largest economy in the world. Last time I looked, our gross domestic product was something like $3 trillion, which is just mind-boggling. We've got 40 million people. We have two major cities, lots of other cities, small towns. We've got technology. Of course, everybody knows about that. We've got entertainment, communication, but we also have one of the world's largest agricultural industries. A lot of people don't even realize that. And we also have what I think most people consider to be the finest public university system in the United States and probably the world, which has been a major driver of our success out here in California. And that must mean you, you bring in a lot of talent that maybe you grow your own, in, in essence, from the school system there. First of all, the UC system, which is our crown jewel, University of California system, attracts a lot of people from outside the U.S. And if you look particularly at the tech business here in the Bay Area, primarily it's boomed because of non-U.S. folks. And I think what's unique about this place is we've always embraced that. 
I'm a student of history. I love the history of the gold rush in California, particularly Northern California, and how it attracted people from everywhere, Japan, China, Germany, Russia, they all came here. We still have that mentality, the sort of the nativism that you've seen in other parts of the United States. It's anathema to us here, right? We love having smart, talented people. We don't care where they come from. If they come here, they work hard, they play well with others, they can succeed here. And I think that's kind of the secret sauce we have here in California. So let's talk about employing people in California. And I know like New York, California has got lots of different rules and so forth. But what are some of the key structural issues employers need to know about when employing locally in California? Well, it's a simple concept, which is that you can't assume if, let's say, you're a company from China and you want to buy an operation in California, you can't assume that the rules that apply in a place like New York or Michigan or Texas apply here. We do have federal law that deals with labor law, meaning trade unions. But on the employment law front, Other than immigration, everything is dictated by individual state laws. And California is one of those states that does provide, I think, a positive thing, protections for employees and a safety net we don't necessarily see in other places. Now, from an employment lawyer's perspective, right, I'm a defense lawyer, representing companies, that can be a little frustrating. But on the other hand, I think that has been partly the reason why our economy has done so well. And I'll give you a quick example of that. Our state for a very long time has not, except in few situations, permitted non-competes, right? And if you look at Silicon Valley, it was basically created in the back of a couple of major companies, Fairchild Electronics, Hewlett-Packard, and most everybody came from Lockheed Martin in the space industry. You have all these employees, engineers that came from these places and decided to build stuff in their garage. And that's how we got Apple Computer and, and all these other companies. And it's because here... We don't allow companies to restrict movement of talent. We don't allow companies to have an employee agree in writing to say, I'm going to leave company X, but I won't work for company Z. And the reality is by not having that kind of mentality, it's allowed employees to start businesses, to grow businesses. It has fostered an environment where venture capitalists are willing to raise money to start these ventures, knowing that they're not going to have some huge monopolistic company come in and try to crush them. And I think that's kind of what's made the state what it is. Now, we have other states that are starting to follow that. I know Massachusetts, District of Columbia, some other places are starting to rein in these non-competes, which I think, again, is a positive development for those states. But I think that's really been part of our secret sauce is the movement of personnel and the attraction of a very diverse workforce here, which we continue to have. So, Steve, based on what you said, it sounds like the general business climate, if I had to choose between pro-business and pro-employee in California, sounds like it's pretty much pro-employee. Well, so that's the interesting thing, right? We have over the last 18 months during COVID, we've had some major companies announce their departures, primarily to, to Texas, right? We've seen this with Oracle, Hewlett Packard, which is one of the foundational companies here in California, and some others. And you know, we're sad to see them go, and it's really unfortunate. But but what's happened here is there's a lot of thinking that, oh my God, all of a sudden, California is perceived as this anti-business, huge regulatory, massive tax system that I'll tell you, I think is overblown. Yeah, sure. We have probably more employment litigation here in California than any other place. That's true. But so what you need is, if you're going to have employment in California, you need somebody to help you act proactive, right? So it's a simple concept. If you're going to fire someone, do it for a darn good reason have a process in place, right? Don't do it on the back of a napkin. Write a performance review. Put somebody on performance notice. Create a system, which by the way, yes, that is a safety net, but it's it's sort of with both sides. 
you're going to tend, if you treat people well, you'll attract and keep them. If you don't treat people well, you have a lot of turnover. And so we've realized this, yeah, okay, so we have some regulations here in the employment law space that some people perceive to be unduly difficult. But if you do it right, if you have employment lawyers and HR people that are willing to make sure that the systems are established in the right way and that people are treated appropriately, we are not seeing the kind of anti-business or the anti-business legislation that I think a lot of people misperceive about California. So it's a great place to work. You started your business there. You've got all of your lawyers in there and you've got plenty of clients that think they like it as well. Well, look, it is a very expensive place to live. I think the housing situation is is insane and there has to be something done about that. Thank God our legislators in Sacramento are looking at changing the housing rules to expand the amount of housing we have because that's really been the most difficult part of sustaining companies here because of the cost of living. But I think what attracted me here is a simple concept, which is that we don't care who you are, what country you're from, what your background is, what your sexual orientation is. What we care about is, can you add to the pie? Can you grow the pie? Are you a good citizen? Are you a good person? Do you pay your taxes? Do you work hard? And do you bring a unique skill set? And if you do that, this culture embraces that. And I think that's refreshing, particularly for people outside the United States. And we continue to be inundated in our University of California system with folks from India, China, Japan, Eastern Europe that all want to come here and in many cases want to stay here because they look around and they find that refreshing. Because when you look, unfortunately, to some other parts of the United States and around the world, they're less tolerant of cultural differences. And again, I I, I really think that sort of passionate commitment to multiculturalism is what's made us the economy we have here in California. Well, that's excellent. Hey, that just brings me to my last question. And it really speaks to, I know a lot of things we're doing in the LA, a lot of our webinars and a lot of our white papers are talking about cross-border business opportunities in the region. And obviously, California being such a big driver of business in the US and our immigration standards being somewhat federal. Can you share with our audience what the prospects are for cross-border business in California? And also, what are you seeing in terms of immigration standards into the U.S.? You know, is it easy? Is it hard? I mean, it's, it's on everybody's lips. And I, and I want to ask all of our members that question. But if you could fill us in on that from the U.S. and California perspective, that'd be great. Well, let me start with sort of cross-border M&A and business transactions. I have been probably busier on that, ironically, since COVID than probably any time in the last 10 or 15 years. The fact is we are an open economy in the U.S. We don't put the major restrictions on foreign companies owning businesses here unless it involves some secret stealth uh, military type technology. So I've been working with lots of companies in other parts of the country and overseas who have come in here to buy businesses. And there's a reason why they're buying them because they, they perceive a special technology or talent involved. And a lot of it, I think, is because here, you know, it used to be when I first moved here almost 40 years ago, Northern California was technology. Southern California was entertainment. That's all merged, right? And a lot of overseas companies want businesses that have kind of melded together storytelling, entertainment, and technology. And that's very, very attractive to a lot of businesses outside the United States and a lot of you know, private equity companies, those involved in venture capital. That's what's fueled a lot of the cross-border transactions we've seen, not just in the U.S., but particularly here in California. On the immigration front, I I wish I could give you better news. This has been frustrating for us because the fact is, and we've seen this throughout the United States, that the unemployment rate continues to drop. We cannot find good people. It starts with the service sector, whether it's McDonald's or Marriott or having trouble. 
but we're having trouble here too. And companies continue to want to bring talent from outside the United States on these H-1 visas. And it's been a tough road to hoe. It looks like at least we thought things when the Biden administration came in would change. We're hopeful that it will. But no, this is still a point of great frustration for companies. We need that talent from outside the U.S. We just don't have enough folks in the U.S. that are willing to come out here and do that work. So knock on wood, that's going to change. But as of right now, that is a point of frustration, not just here, but throughout the United States. That's a great wrap up, Steve. And certainly as the head of the LA, I mean, we've got the resources around the globe to help address these issues. I want our listeners to know if you have any questions about California or the ELA in general, Steve is always available to talk to you, right, Steve? Yeah. It's something I'm passionate about, which is the the whole issue of the world continuing to get smaller and finding smart entrepreneurial people around the world that want to work together to create great things. So I'd love to hear from people. Super. And Steve, we'll see you next Tuesday when you're going to be hosting the next show. So get your radio voice ready, okay? Looking forward to it. If you'd like to connect with Steve Hirschfeld, you can find his bio by clicking on his name in the description of this podcast. Also, visit ela.law to receive invitations to our upcoming webinars, download white papers, get access to on-demand content, and use the ELA's exclusive Global Employer Handbook. You've been listening to Employment Matters, a podcast brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance the world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm Pete Waltz. Thanks for listening.